Welcome to this online act of worship at St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're joining us. Do please leave a comment or a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find information about how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. be with you. 
Welcome everyone to our choral Eucharist on this the 18th Sunday after Trinity, which is also our annual Harvest Thanksgiving service. We're delighted that you're joining us for this online act of worship. We begin with an opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Human sin disfigures the whole creation which groans with eager longing for God's redemption. We confess our sins in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Almighty God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. Pour your love into our hearts, and draw us to yourself, and so bring us at last to your heavenly city, where we shall see you face to face, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and... A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. When you come into the land which the Lord your God gives you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from your land that the Lord God gives you. You shall put it in a basket and you shall go to the place which the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there. And you shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I declare this day to the Lord your God that I have come into the land which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall make response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my father, and he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number, and there he became a nation, great, mighty and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us, and laid upon us hard bondage. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, with great terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, which thou, O Lord, hast given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God, and worship before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all the good which the Lord your God has given to you and to your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. This is the word of the Lord.
A reading from the letter to the Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say, rejoice. Let all your men know your forbearance. The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. When the disciples found Jesus on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labour for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him has God the Father set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do, that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Father, would you put your words upon my lips? Before I was ordained as a priest in the Church of England, I ran a brand agency, which means I worked in marketing. I never meant to do such a thing, really. I never planned to work in marketing or in branding. It just happened, and it followed on from the jobs I had, first as an editor and then as a managing editor. Sometimes people misread marketing because they think it's about selling things. But we never dirtied our hands with such stuff. What we did, or what we told ourselves we did, was to get to the essence of why someone needed and wanted something, and then to explain it. So an example might be the invention, well, fad really, of those little TV screens in the headrests of cars, the ones that pointed out into the back seat. They weren't really TVs, not in my marketeer's eyes. No, they were actually peaceful journeys for parents. It looks on the surface prosaic, a piece of technology, but there was something much bigger and better on offer. Which oddly brings me to today's reading. Now, Jesus was not into marketing, I hasten to add. Oh, I would have loved to have seen him in one of the meetings that I used to attend. But what this passage from John's Gospel does have in common with my old life is that Jesus wants us to look beyond the prosaic to the big picture, to the real thing, not the fake thing, not the thing people thought they wanted. Jesus has just served up a slap-up meal using a young boy's packed lunch. We know it as the feeding of the 5,000. It's a true foretaste of the heavenly banquet. And he did it because people were hungry. They had a need. But of course it was more than that. It spoke of the abundance and generosity of God. It spoke about who Jesus actually was, is. But the people didn't get it. And instead, they're hounding him for more of the same. Another slap-up meal. And I think the passage, if you read it carefully, is laced with... Tragedy and hope. The tragedy is that people, the people who come and came to see Jesus, were in the company of the living God. And all that they could see was a free meal. Jesus valiantly tries to explain what they aren't seeing. The kind of elephant in the room, if you like. They don't, they, but they don't believe him. And they ask him for some fresh signs and wonders, which he rightly refuses he is no cheap conjurer, to quote Gandalf. The whole passage has a tremendous ring of truth. 
But all is not lost. And why? Because in the scramble to meet a few physical needs, the people have a dim insight, a slight inkling of their real need. They know that they need real spiritual bread that's on offer. And they ask, what must we do to do God's work? And then they say, we need this kind of bread that you're offering. And of course, the bread on offer is of God himself, the bread of life. It's easy to be judgmental and to shrug off the worrying thought that we too might be missing the big prize, the big life-changing insight. Now, someone who heard the alarm bells ringing was C.S. Lewis. And I'd like to tell the story of what I consider to be his greatest ever work. It's very obscure. It's called The Weight of Glory. And it's very likely that you wouldn't have heard of it. Lewis was asked to preach at Solemn Evensong at the Oxford University Church of St Mary the Virgin on 8th of June 1941. News got around and the place was packed. Lewis actually preached very, very few sermons in his lifetime. I actually wish he'd preached more, but he had a somewhat ambiguous attitude to church, the Church of England, and he didn't feel qualified to take to the pulpit. In a way, the sermon invitation was a glorious accident. The vicar at the time who invited him must have been the only person ever to have got through and actually enjoyed Lewis's early work, Pilgrim's Recess, Pilgrim's Regress, and as a result, invited him to speak. 1941 was a very tense year. The war looked more than in balance and morale was low. There was unrest in Oxford among the students. There were very real pressing problems that needed fixing. But Lewis decided to speak, rather as Jesus did, on something even more pressing than the immediate dire situation. He pointed out that the Christian faith has a lot to say about the big story of what motivates us. He said that the problem is that we aim too low in our desires. That what is promised in the Gospels is so staggering and so beautiful that we, yes, yes we, don't grasp it. He says, our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. We are far too easily pleased, he says. As with those people scrambling for a free meal in the reading, we risk winning the battle and losing the war. Lewis says that somehow, somewhere, deep within all of us, we know that the real truth of life is out there and cannot be satisfied by just having things. And that until we meet God, that feeling of thwarted hunger is a kind of agony of the soul. He describes it as a desire for a far-off country that we know is there, but we don't know how to find. And that creates, Lewis says, longing. 
and sometimes disenchantment. We can't find that spot of peace, and we feel we should be able to, and so we label it childish or nostalgia or whatever. We have each of us, Lewis says, a shy, persistent inner voice that tells us that goodness and joy and peace and love cannot be manufactured on this earth, but must and can and will only ever come from God and our relationship with him. And of course, in the Gospel reading, there is God standing there, almost pleading with people to see and take the offer. I took that offer in my own life, and I have never regretted it. 1,500 years ago, the great bishop, St Augustine, prayed his famous words to God. You have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till they find rest in you. And I suppose on this Harvest Sunday, that's the harvest we're really talking about. And the result is not just fixing us or feeding us, but a kind of wonderment. A wonderment that creeps over life, and at the truth that there is God, that he made the world, everything in it, and that he is the God of joy and love and peace. As the Celtic Christians had it, and this is one of their prayers, as the hand is made for holding and the eye for seeing, thou hast fashioned me for joy. Share with me the vision that shall find it everywhere in the wild violet's beauty, in the lark's melody, in the face of the steadfast man, in a child's smile, in a mother's love, in the purity of Jesus. That's what's on offer, and I encourage you to take up that offer today. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Christ. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray.
Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ripened treasures of the fields and the orchards of our land, the nourishment provided by the bounty and its medicinal qualities. We pray for the reapers that they may be harvesting in the years to come, for their resources are stretched and their measured pleas unheeded. Without them, Heavenly Father, the fields could turn to hectares of weeds and the fruit of the orchards rot and the beauty of the countryside will fade away. We pray for the health of the sheep and cows in the meadows, the horses, donkeys and ponies in the paddocks, the pigs, rabbits and chickens on the farm. We think of the poignant stories in which the farmyard animals feature, the sounds and scents of their every day. Please help our harvesting world, dear Lord. We pray for all those around the world who labour in the fields day by day, but cannot afford the fruits of the harvest. May they be fed, never forgotten. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the children poisoned by what they view online. We pray for a safer internet and bold lessons in digital resilience. May there be tough sanctions against those who inject the poison. May your radiance, dear Lord, prompt them to beg for mercy. Their camouflage must not fool us. Far better for our children to bake pumpkin pie and toast marshmallows over an open fire. We pray for all those working in the media who bring injustice to light, steadfastly refusing to abandon their goal. Without them, we might not know about those who are starving and living in conflict-torn regions, those who are suffering from environmental devastation and those who are persecuted. We pray for the people of the Ukraine, admiring their strength and determination. We pray for the people of Iran, protesting the death in custody of Masa Amini and Nikan Shakarami. May the women the world over be victims, no longer be victims of their sex. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In our Christian community, we pray for those at St. Bride's who care for us spiritually and pastorally. Alison, Jeff and Steve and all those who keep the doors of St. Bride's open and our church welcoming. Claire, James, Robin and Nadira. We welcome our new administrative assistant, Jennifer. We are thankful to those who keep the shop. Gavin, Eric, Julie, Mary, Sue and Robin and fill it with such a creative array of goods with the support of Claire. We pray for our organist and director of music, our choir. We pray for our listeners all over the world. Please come join us in the pews one day. We pray that the seemingly old-fashioned Christian values of goodness and common decency, commitment, 
loyalty, patience, kindness, and moral integrity may infuse our lives in these troubled times. May those who govern and reign turn to you, dear Lord, for guidance. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? The harvest of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. Let us pray. It is indeed right. It is our duty and our joy at all times and in all places to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks because you make us stewards of your creation to praise you day by day for the marvels of your wisdom and power. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume. 
to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Let us pray. Lord of the harvest, with joy we have offered thanksgiving for your love in creation and have shared in the bread and the wine of the kingdom. By your grace, plant within us a reverence for all that you give us and make us generous and wise stewards of the good things we enjoy. 
through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. May God, our Creator, who clothes the lilies and feeds the birds of the air, bestow on you his care and increase the harvest of your righteousness. 
and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.